All right, hello everyone. Welcome back to episode four of Two Friends Watch. I'm Josh. I'm Summer. And we're the two friends. Summer, how are you doing today? I am tired, but excited to talk about this. Yeah, we're actually doing this later than we normally do. Because normally we record midday, but we're doing it later tonight. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Joshua, what are we talking about today? Ooh, today we're talking about another animated movie. We're back after B-movie. We're talking about My Neighbor Totoro from Studio Ghibli. Mm-hmm. This is the first time I've ever seen a Studio Ghibli movie because I don't, I wasn't, it was an unspoken rule in my house that we weren't really supposed to watch anime. Right. Yeah, you remember you telling me about that. So you I didn't watch like you didn't watch Pokemon when you were a kid? Um only like my parents would turn it off and when I would turn it on in their presence they'd be like, Ew gross. Oh, that's such a shame. But it wasn't like a racist thing, so I don't know what's happening. But in conclusion, I was deprived of this, and had I watched more Studio Ghibli movies as a child, I would have been a completely different, better person. For sure. We all would have been better. This is my second one, I believe, because I watched Princess Mononoke about a month ago. How was that in comparison to this? Well, that film blew me away. This? I mean, I've, I watched... I watched the dubs of both, not the subs, so I don't know if it changes much. This, well, we'll get into this, but yeah, Mononoke blew me away. This was good, but I didn't have that same effect. Mm-hmm. This was directed by Hayao Miyazaki, and he's done a lot of these studio stuff. He was the pretty much like the, the creative force behind it. He did Princess Mononoke, Spirited Away. Howl's Moving Castle, stuff like that. Just all the big ones that people have actually heard about. Mm-hmm. We got, all right, I'm going to go for this cast list. Noriko Hidaka as Satsuke. And then in the English cut, it's Dakota Fanning. Hitoshi Takage as Totoro with, El Fan- with uh, Frank Welker doing that voice. Frank Welker does um, Scooby-Doo. I found that interesting. And then Chika Sakamoto is May with Elle Fanning doing the English voice. I need to, like, get educated on voice actors because you and a lot of my other friends know them a lot better than I do. And I never know what anyone's talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I didn't know much about Frank Welker, but there was a new Scooby-Doo movie recently. So I kind of <laughs> learned more about it. But I don't I was... want to talk about Scoob. Scoob. Yeah, we're not going to do Scoob. Ever. Mm-hmm. Best leave that untalked about. But I found it interesting that Dakota Fanning and Elle Fanning were both in this thing as their sisters. I believe they're sisters. Yes, they're sisters. Did you watch the, the sub or dub? I watched the dub first just so I could, like, take my notes or whatever, and then the plan was to go back, like, today or tomorrow and watch the sub. Alright, I, I only watched the dub. I didn't watch any sub. Mm-hmm. You want to get some trivia up here? Uh, I always do. 
All right, trivia. King Totoro, Totoro which is the, the big uh, mascot for this movie, is the mascot for Studio Ghibli animation. Okay. I didn't know that. It yeah, seems it's, obvious, but I, I didn't know that. <laughs> it's similar to how Pixar has their little lamp. Studio Ghibli has Totoro while, whenever they show the title card. Okay. Originally, Mei and Sasuke, so the two sisters, were going to be one character. That's why the poster only had one girl on it. But it, in like sort of a last minute thing, they split it into two characters to add suspense with that third act where May runs away. Yeah, I like that a lot better. I think it works better too because they can play off each other because Totoro isn't in this a lot as I thought he would. Mm-hmm. It was like just enough. It wasn't like... I wasn't bothered by how much he was in it or like or how much he wasn't in it, but it was surprising. I actually could have used a lot of more of Totoro, but we can get into that. Mm-hmm. Totoro pops up in Toy Story 3 as like a little stuffed animal. Where? Like in the beginning? I believe it's in the daycare. It's either in the daycare or Bonnie's room, but I'm pretty sure it's a daycare. That is now my only reason to ever watch Toy Story 3. I like Toy Story 3. All the Toy Stories have a special place in my heart. The baby just scared me too much for me Mm. to like it. It's one of my many flaws. And the last one I got is the suit creatures. So you remember that scene where they're entering the house and those little black spider-like dot balls? Mm-hmm. So those actually pop up again in Spirited Away, which came out after this. I figured they would, because that's where I thought um, they originated from, because I was like looking it up before, because like anyone who's playing Animal Crossing right now is like putting soot sprites on everything, and I had no idea what they were, but they were so cute that I had to do research. Right. Now we know. So what were your initial thoughts about this film? Um, most, like the beginning, most of my thoughts were just like incoherent. It's so pretty. It's so pretty. But we right. already know that. This film, I love a 2D animated film. I mean, I grew up on 3D stuff. It's just because we were early 2000s kids. So CGI animation was the way to go. But 2D stuff, you just got to love it. Yeah, I mean, even as a kid, I was partial to 2D animation. Like, I would watch the 3D, the 3D animation in, like, theaters, but I would always go home and watch, like, Princess and the Frog, Emperor's New Groove, and Hercules, and those would always be my favorites. It just, it's a lot more crisp and well done, in my opinion. There's also, like... In between those two, color is like a big thing. Mm Because with 2D animation, you can play with like tone and saturation and that's how you make characters stick out. But like in almost every 3D animation film that I've ever seen, they don't do that. Yeah. As well as they do in others. It's a lot more focus on making them like animated and really expressioned. 
I don't know how to place it, but they're a lot more energetic. Mm-hmm. Is so, there yeah. any negative things that you have to say about this before we rave about it? Negative? Um, I gotta, I gotta think about that for a minute. There's a lot of screaming from the little girl May. Mm-hmm. And it, it did get on my nerves a bit. <laughs> yeah. I wrote that down, too. The only reason it doesn't bother me is because I have a little sister, and it's, like, a similar scenario. And she screams a lot. Right. So it was more like a bittersweet nostalgia. <laughs> yeah, it reminded me of not-so-fun days with uh, a little brother. So mm-hmm. wasn't a bit. And then the other thing which isn't really, it's more of a mixed element, is that some of the stuff with how Totoro and them work wasn't really cohesive for me, but that's because it's up to interpretation of whether or not they're they're real or imaginary. Yeah. But I was a little confused at first what they were trying to say with that. I I intended to do, like, a lot more research on the inspiration for Totoro and like the mythology behind it, but I just never got the chance between when we decided to do Totoro and today. Yeah, there's a lot of interesting lore that I think they they capitalized on, but being from America, we don't really know as much. Mm-hmm. But yeah, right, well, what negatives you got? I have one, and I'm still, like, on the fence about it, and it was, like, when they are dealing with their mom, like, getting a cold, and then Satsuki is, like, this happens all the time, it's just a cold, and then they keep her in for another two weeks. Yeah. After that, there was, like, they went from being, like, fine to, like, sobbing and sobbing and sobbing. And at first I thought that there should there should have been like more of an emotional transition, but also sometimes that doesn't happen and there is no sh- transition and you're just smacked with like unrelenting sadness. So I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah. I it's it's not really easy to interpret, especially if you haven't gone through it, having someone be sick like that. So Yeah, I don't really know. I can understand it emotions could change very easily. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we don't have much negatives because we're very positive. At least I am on this. this it's like the exact opposite of last week. <laughs> yeah, last week was bad. This week, it just was so wholesome. I think wholesome is the best word to describe this film. Mm-hmm. I've only read about people, like, commentating on Studio Ghibli films, and they're always like, oh, this, they're so homely and peaceful, and they make you want to, like, live in the cottage in the middle of the woods and pick wildflowers, and I definitely got that vibe, but it also made me laugh that I thought about it every time May screamed, because mm-hmm. <laughs> it's total contrast. It just feels like yeah. there's a lot less going on than normal, like animated films of the modern age because normal modern age animated films you have a bunch of action sequences 
and loud noises and eccentric characters. This you didn't really have that. It was very relaxed and laid back while still having a literal cat bus. <laughs> I f- totally forgot about cat bus. Oh, I love cat existed. bus. <laughs> That's our subreddit. Cat bus. Our slash cat bus. Where we just write fan fiction about the cat bus. I don't want fanfic about the cat bus. The cat bus needs its own spinoff film. I would definitely do that, but I would not read or write fanfiction about the cat bus. He, he's the most underappreciated thing of the movie. I mean, you forgot about him. I, I didn't word that right. I definitely remember it after I watched the movie, but I did not remember... Like, before watching the movie and trying to recall what people had told me, mm-hmm. that the cat bus existed or that its face was like that. <laughs> yeah, it was it was oddly disturbing. I think Totoro works for me when he does the big smile, but cat bus was a little much. <laughs> Totoro was like... the way that he acted was a total surprise for me because in all of like the fan art and the screenshots Mm -hmm. they only ever really show him being peaceful and like not saying anything and just standing there with his little leaf so my impression was is that he was just going to be like a silent kind of guardian spirit but I did not like I screamed when his mouth opened to like the size of his head and roared like I had no idea that that was going to happen. <laughs> I didn't expect him to speak at all. I was surprised by that. Did he do that more than once, or did he just announce his name? No, he spoke. I like actual sentences. Not like full sentences, but partial. If I can recall right. The only one I can remember is in the beginning when May finds him. But, oh my god, every May interaction with him makes me want to cry. It's so cute. It's so, yeah. Very wholesome. That's just, that's the only word. I I love the word wholesome, too. (laughs) Yeah. I just, (laughs) I read something that I wrote as a joke, Mm -hmm. but I did not remember writing it. It just says, (laughs) I simp for (laughs) Cascabay. Oh, is that the dad? Yes. <laughs> he he w- looked very young to be a dad to them. I'm ashamed of myself. No, I mean no simping, but God's kid was cool. Have you heard of a show called Moomin Valley? No, no. I didn't expect you to, but it's like a weird. Norwegian cartoon about white hippopotamuses that don't believe they're hippopotamuses and there's this character called Little Mai and she's basically like an angrier version of May in this and that also made me really happy because that's also a super wholesome show you say it's Norwegian? yeah I think so I've never heard of anything animated coming from Norwegia, but 
That's the only thing. I'm not a connoisseur of Norwegian television, but somebody told me about Moomin Valley, and I saw screenshots that were, like, heart-stoppingly adorable, so I watched it. Where'd you watch that one? Netflix? No, I just looked up full episodes on YouTube. Huh. Yeah, uh, back to the Totoro. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. I just I'm trying to think of the best things. The music in this film was spectacular. Oh, I know. It was amazing. Don't know who composed it, but just I mean, movies like the Mononoke score was also fantastic, but this was just so good. I wrote that down like three different times, but I didn't put timestamps down, so I have no idea what I'm talking about. So basically, the entire film is fantastic music-wise. Another thing that surprised me is that this film wasn't really about like anything with Totoro. I expected it to be, you know, one of those situations where uh, a young child finds monster, and they have to like work together to stop something. And like they become friends, you know that typical animated storyline. But yeah, it was more about these two sisters having to deal with their mom's illness, not to cope with that. And they do that by, in my interpretation, by imagining this this Totoro creature that protects them and takes them wherever they need. Mm-hmm. What was I had your... something really good to say and then it immediately left my mind. <laughs> Damn, we need that. We need that. What was your interpretation of the uh the Totoro stuff? Do you think it's real or or imagined? I think there are two sides to that and I was debating before we started recording mm-hmm. on which I believe which I believed more. And there's the one that you just described. And then there's like, it actually is a real thing that happens because like this in American culture is like more cynical than most when it comes to that kind of stuff, because we didn't ever have like a mythology ingrained into our culture, but in places like where, in Asian countries, it's, like, a very different way of looking at it. So, I mean, the dad totally could believe in it. It could be, like, a, I don't know, like, a Buddhist thing or a religious thing in general. It goes, I think it could go either way and it'd still be um, just as impactful. That was what was great, is that this movie was actively making me think, unlike most. You can watch a kid's kids anime movie and be like yeah that was that was cute and fun but this was ag- actively keeping me ingrained into it and thinking about whether it was all imagined or not mm-hmm. but the way I saw it is that whenever they were interacting with the creature they were like falling asleep or asleep you know with that first scene with May she's sleeping in the woods and then she finds the person when they meet him by the bus the May is falling asleep, and I'm assuming the older girl falls asleep, and then they imagine the the creature. Yeah. And then when they they see him again, when he brings all those trees into one giant tree, 
they were sleeping and they got woken up. That's the big part for me that cements the like it they're imagining it for comfort. Like even though I still am deciding on which one I believe more. But yeah, because the tree grows into one very fast and then it disappears in the morning. Right. And that mindset would be the only way to explain that. I think that's the best way to go about it. Is to make it their coping with the, the illness. I don't think I don't did we find out what the illness was? The mom had? No. They weren't like super specific about it, but they did I didn't think they really had to be because they just they use it to drive the story in a really indirect but effective way. All right, because from a, a first glance, she doesn't seem to have anything wrong with her, so I'm assuming it's something internally. Yeah, my thought, yeah, my thought was either internal or when uh, the first scene that had the mother in, and I was like, oh, is she in a psych ward? I don't know why, but just because of, like, the way that things were set up and how the doctor was like, oh, you only get to you only get to come home for a weekend to get used to the house. Yeah. Yeah. It was a little suspicious at first, but I think it's an actual, probably physical disease. Probably. Or a mental one. What do you think about all the other creatures that we got? Cause we got those little sprite, those soot creatures. And then there was other Totoros, but they were smaller. What do you feel about those uh... things? I thought they were cute. And, you know, this whole thing isn't, this whole movie isn't about world building as much as it is about the children's emotions and coping mechanisms. But it le- they leave me wondering, like, more about, like, the lore and, I don't know, why the white one can disappear into thin air. Which one was the And why the one? other one doesn't. Which one was the white one? The white one was, like, the smallest one, and then there was, like, a medium gray one, and then there was Totoro, the biggest one. Oh, okay. And in the beginning, you know, when May is chasing the white one, and then it disappears, and then it goes under the house to meet the medium one. Yep, yep, I'm following. Now that you said... Yeah, go ahead. Now that you said um, (laughs) that you were displeased by May's screaming how did you feel about the part where May discovers Totoro and she's like poking him and it's like all this incessant crazed giggling and like squealing did that annoy you no that works for me it's just the loud nature of it it. it's a lot in Japanese animated films a lot of screaming and yelling and stuff there was a film from 2018 called Mirai which I watched for the Oscars that was similar with the the child screaming incessantly. So it's not a huge thing. Mm. Okay. Now what were you going to say before? I was going to bring up the most underrated character besides Capos, which is Granny. Ugh. Granny was great. At first she scared me. Something about the way her face was structured, but I quickly... She quickly grew on me. And granny was, granny was great. Just a nice little presence. 
I just thought I should bring her up. There's not much to say about her. She's cool. Mm-hmm. The way that um, Kanto was acting in the beginning, I was sure that there was going to be, like, some weird, like, PG kid romance between him and Satsuki. Oh, Kanto and was I wasn't mad sure simping. how to feel about it, and I'm glad that it didn't happen. He was majorly simping. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. I thought they were having a romance at the end, I assumed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was he was alright. Another character. Besides May and Satsuke and Totoro, there isn't really much to say about the other side characters. It's another thing. They don't really make an impact, but they don't need to. I don't think so. The only basically the only note that I have that's about like a side character is um one like they're both about the dad. How attracted and you are to the first dad? One, yeah, the first, <laughs> the first one was about how well he was handling, like raising two kids by himself and juggling a hospital and working at the university, and he wasn't like a crazy like in most American films where if um they were in that situation they would portray the father as like going crazy and angry and stressed, which like fell into. When um, Satsuke goes to school and May's just walking around and she's like picking flowers and she's like, oh, t- dad, be the flower store. And even though he's clearly working, he never gets angry about like the interruption. I mean, that's really telling. About, they were like, like model the parents. They were like model parents in that movie. It was great. Mm-hmm. That's the good thing that there's, there's conflict in this, but it's not, con- it's just like, it's conflict that can be resolved easily, and it just makes for a pleasant experience, even when there is conflict in things. I'm still enjoying myself the whole time. Yeah. All right, what else you got that's really big? Everything was like... I wrote a lot about, like, the foliage in the background and how it was, like, not just... It wa- it wasn't flat, and there was, like, specific flowers. Like, there was, um, there was lilies, and there was snapdragons, and there were all of these, like, specific things that they, like, took time, a lot of time, to, like, paint or draw or whatever they were doing to, like, incorporate, and they're just so pretty. The visuals in this film. Much better than the B-movie. B-movie people, take notes. That's how you make good <laughs> stuff. Don't just design the same B over and over. Turn the B-movie into a children's anime. Do we need a, a B-movie Totoro crossover, right? Totoro meets I, Barry B. Benson? That would be the day that I died. And it would not be of joy. I think it could work. I think it could work. Jerry could pull it off. What day? What year was this movie released? I believe it's nineteen eighty-eight. I couldn't tell. I usually write the the years down. I didn't write this one down. I believe it's nineteen. I, I think it's nineteen eighty-eight. But in like children's movie movies back then. There was, like, 
this whole style of pre like painting and drawing the background. It's 1988. And... Hmm? 1988. Yeah. Yep. They would like pre-draw the background and then everything that moved in that scene would be animated in later in a different style. And I just really, really like that a lot. And it just helps with helping the characters stand out. And then just everything, like everything's cohesive in the, in the background, in the foreground. And then the characters are really the vocal, the focal point. Yeah. See, with 2D animation, they have to actually draw it. So they put a lot more care into it than most 3D stuff. Just a better visual experience for any 2D animated film. Mm-hmm. There's, they also play with, like, tone a lot. Either for, like, to express that time has changed or that it's just day or that it's night. And it's just... Or the, they use it to express emotion a lot, too. Like... When things are happy, they're more saturated. And when things are, like, depressing, they're less saturated. And it's just, like, small things that really make this movie. You and, did like, a deep really dive immerse into you in it. You did a deep dive into the visuals for this. Surprise. I couldn't stop looking at it. I wrote a big paragraph about something similar, but I cannot find it. I was just thinking, oh, Totoro's cool. <laughs> I'd sit back and relax with him, hang out on Saturday. I really like the design of Totoro. I don't know why, I just do. Yeah, yeah. I think he's just looked great. There's a lot of cool designs in Mononoke, but Totoro is probably their best design from what I've seen so far. Yeah, probably. I'll have to recalculate later when I watch all of them in one sitting, but I don't have much else to say so I might have to cut this episode short but I am going to ask, do you ever want a sequel for this? I don't want a sequel Like a t- I don't want a continuation of the story but if they took those characters and and made, like, something else. Like, if they did, like, um, something with Totoro and his um, two other smaller Totoros. Or if they did something with the two girls in the family. Then I wouldn't mind it. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't want it to be, like, directly correlated to the first movie. I think you could do a live-action adaptation, but with new characters. But Totoro's still helping them out. And you could connect it to the first film or not. But it could be a separate thing. Probably mm-hmm. wouldn't work, but that would be the idea. Would you want that to reinforce like the idea that he is real? Or it's just like commonplace that after the stories have been told to the children, that that's a character that they imagine for comfort? No, I'd keep, like, keep it vague again. I think it works really well. I was frustrated by it a bit because I like some concrete answers, but it worked for me. You get no concrete answers in this movie, and I adore it. Yeah, no, I like some concrete stuff, but this worked. This worked for me. Yeah. So let's uh, let's rate this thing. 
are we going to give it? How many Bs? Hmm. Ten Bs out of five. Out of five? Wow. That's a masterpiece. I, I need could... To, I need to think of a clever B pun at some point. For when we get I've films five stars. I've trying, but, like, none of the last two things that that we have just don't have any good B puns in them. Um, Beatacular? Like, Ugh. spectacular? No, no, no. Absolutely mm. not. Hmm. No, I'm stumped. When we did Artemis Fowl, my original plan was to do something with this bee that, like, it has nothing to do with the name, but it looks like it's wearing the fairy uniform. But there's nothing like that for My Neighbor Totoro. No, it's just a great movie. I'm gonna actually give it... I'm gonna give it four out of five bees. Go a little lower than you. A little? What's yeah. the fifth? What's the fifth bee missing? I think I needed more Totoro. I mean, I love the, the story with the sisters, but I really just wanted... His scenes were the ones that I latched on to way more, and I think I needed more of that. And it would have been perfect. I get that. So, yeah, I don't know. What what are we going to do next week? That's your decision. Ooh, it is. Unless you finally want to do cats. We might be doing cats. Depends on how things work out. <laughs> okay. But yeah, this was a interesting choice, kind of out of my comfort zone, but in terms of films, because I'm not very, very good with fully analyzing and talking about anime and stuff. Mm-hmm. But it was fun. It was fun. I, mean, I picked it because it was going to be the first 2D animation that we've ever reviewed on this podcast and I've never seen it and I know you started getting into Studio Ghibli and in anime in general so I figured it would be just like pop culture enough so it wasn't like uh, I have no idea what this is and you've covered the B movie and this so I'm not listening to your podcast. I'll definitely be watching more Studio Ghibli soon because I need to watch more. It's basically like Japanese Pixar, and I love Pixar. So mm-hmm. it works for me. So probably Spirited Away will be the next one I watch. Yeah, that you have to watch it. Like even if you're not the biggest Studio Ghibli fan, that's like a staple. Yep, I'll get around to that at some point. But that'll be Same. all. That'll be all for this episode. Unless you have anything to add. Um. I always do this. Like, I forget something super important that I wanted to talk about <laughs> before we end the podcast. That's okay. No one but, cares. Take your time. But um, at the end of the movie, when Satsuki reaches her point of exhaustion, I was like, I latched onto that moment so much because during the entire movie, her legs are going at, like, 90 miles per hour. She sprints everywhere, and she never gets tired, but she's, like, weighed down by all of the, like, stress and the guilt and, like, the worrying about her sister and her mother and everything else, and only then does she reach, like, a point of exhaustion where she can't go anymore because of everything she's dealing with, and I really liked that. 
you basically just said a paragraph of what you meant to say was uh, Satsuke got tired and I said mood. <laughs> it was Excuse mood. me for being eloquent, Joshua. It was very eloquent, yeah. Yeah. But we'll be back next week. This time for yeah. sure. We, we promised that one week that we didn't. But this uh, time. Well, it's your fault for picking Groundhog Day. Yep. All right, we'll be back next week. See y'all later.